Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This happened in Hamilton. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ontario in 2018-19 while I attended McMaster University. I won't shy away from too many details as you could easily Google it and learn everything about the case since it ended up being pretty public. In 2018 before the school year ended, my roommate was walking home really late, 3 or 4 a.m. We never let each other walk home alone once it's dark, but since it was so late she decided she didn't want to bug us to wake up. As she's turning onto our street, a man emerges from the bushes with his penis in his hand, pleasuring himself. My friend continues to walk by and attempt to ignore him. He grabs her hood and yanks her back towards him. She had food in her hands, which she threw in the air and ran, luckily escaping him. She came running into my room and we called 911, but nothing came of it. We didn't hear any leads afterwards. When we returned to school after summer 2018, there had been a case of a man breaking into a woman's home and sexually assaulting her in her bed. Female students in the area were on high alert, as the woman assaulted was a student. We weren't sure if it was a coincidence. Then one morning on my way to school, my neighbor's all-female student house were on their porch with the police. 
a man had been watching them through the second floor window on a ladder. A couple days later, another group of girls on the neighboring street had the same thing happen. The cases began to escalate this man started breaking into girls' homes and watching them while they slept. A couple women woke to find a man standing in their doorway watching them. Another female student house came home one day to find the man sitting in their living room, sitting calmly. When they screamed, he simply left. Only female homes were targeted. This proved that this man was stalking or watching the neighborhood and scoping out the homes accordingly. He did once make a mistake and break into a female house when one of them had their boyfriend over he was chased out. This went on for months. A lot of theories started circulating like maybe this was a fellow student or a landscaper in the area. Some theories were that he disguises himself as a landscaper because he was able to walk around with a ladder and other tools without being questioned. Some people stated he was a ginger with a gap tooth and that he diddled himself while committing these crimes. His jokesy nicknames in the area were Gap Tooth Gary and the Westdale Diddler. Also, he took videos and pictures of many of these girls sleeping. One morning, I get home and see that our basement window screen has been slashed. There were large handprints against the glass that had clearly been attempting to slide the window open. Luckily, when this situation started in 2018, we put two X4s in every window of the house. I and some of my other roommates often had boyfriends over, so we never had any issues with attempted break-ins assuming he was watching us. The one night we had no men over, someone did attempt to break in. Coincidence? I think not. Anyways, more months go by, and this dude is finally caught through DNA. He had been attempting break-ins on the Hamilton Mountain as well, and DNA from two scenes were linked. Not every scene he visited had any evidence, so it was a lucky catch. He was a father with young children. He pleaded guilty to nine charges, including unrelated CP charges. Hi, I am a 24 years old female. I have been reading through these types of stories for a few years now, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on something that happened to me. This is not the most exciting story you're going to read, and I can't explain why it happened the way it did. I am also really stupid and lack all common sense in this story. I'm sorry. I used to live in an old Victorian house in Maryland, and at the time of this story I was 10 years old. This house had been turned into a duplex that split the two floors and basically just rented them as apartments. I lived in the upstairs. There was a university nearby so we had a lot of college students, and we also had a lot of drug issues in the area. People were always getting their houses searched or getting into fights over it and I don't remember much crime happening there that was unrelated to drugs. The owner of the house had told my family that the people who had rented the upstairs previously had given him a lot of trouble, and he had kicked them out. My family had just moved there for my dad's new job, and we didn't have a place to live yet, so we were thankful that their contract ended early so we could take their place. If there was anything else the owner told my parents, it was not shared with me. I was homeschooled online and an only child, so my parents would leave for the day to go to work while I stayed in the apartment and did my schoolwork alone. Maybe about a week after we had moved in, there was this loud banging on the door. I ran down the inside stairs to open it, and there was this tall, thick man dressed in all black, with a black mask over his whole face, with holes for his eyes and mouth. As immensely stupid as this sounds, no alarm bells went off to me. This place was cold year-round, and I stupidly just assumed his gear happened to be black. Behind him I remember seeing a car parked next to the building that was still running. 
He just stood there silently for a couple seconds, and I felt awkward, so I said, Hi, can I help you with something? He continued to just stand there for what felt to me like forever, before saying something like, I'm here for the mail. I'm smiling and saying something like, Oh sure, you must have just moved out. My dad already brought the mail in this morning, let me go see if there's anything. So I turned around, left the door wide open, and ran inside to find the mail pile. I looked through it, but didn't see anything that didn't have my family's name on it, so I went back to the door. When I went back to tell him the bad news, he was gone, and so was the car. When they came home that evening, I told my parents unaware that the previous renters had stopped by and asked for their mail. My dad had a fit and said I shouldn't have opened the door while I was home alone, and that apparently our mail comes from the owner, since he separates it before bringing it to each renter's box since we had the same address, so we wouldn't have gotten any mail that didn't belong to us anyway, and that the previous renters would already know that. He was furious with me for being a moron, and that was before he thought to ask what they looked like, and I described the all-black suit and mask. I know enough now to know that I handled this situation entirely wrong and am beyond stupid, and I'm not looking to get berated for it. I would actually like to hear why you think, if this suspicious guy had malicious intentions, why didn't he do anything? I was home alone, it was morning so my parents wouldn't have come back until the evening anyway. I don't even think the other renter was home. I clearly didn't suspect anything from him and left the door wide open while I turned my back to him and ran inside the house. I am immensely thankful that nothing happened to me. I don't ever want to appear as ungrateful that this didn't take an awful turn. I just don't understand what protected me, if that is actually the case. So this isn't my story directly. This happened to my mother in 1991 in a known army town in Queensland, Australia. I apologize for the length, but hope you will stay to read the entire thing. It won't disappoint. I was around at the time, even though was I was a child, I do remember bits and pieces. I will try to do my mother's story justice here. So as I said, it's 1991. Somalia has erupted in civil war requiring UN intervention. Soldiers from our town are deployed, which leaves women and children home alone. Not a big deal now, lots of single mums out there, but back in 91, it was a rarer thing. This all started with a prowler alert. So the MPS alerting certain areas that someone had been spotting sneaking around yards and under houses late at night. We became aware of it when I screamed in horror at the man's face on the other side of my window. Not a big deal until you hear that these houses were typical Queenslander homes, so the house was on the second story and underneath was wide open only for slatting surrounding it. This man had to have climbed the side of the house and been hanging on my window, two stories up, just to be peering in. MPS military police were deployed, found him down the street, and issued a firm move-on order. So two weeks later, and the prowler warnings are ramping up. He's getting dangerous, harassing women in their laundries in the area under the houses, following them to their doors up their external stairs at the rear of their properties, and watching them from the street as well as pinching underwear of clotheslines. Residents are being warned to check their wheelie bins before bringing them in as prowlers may be hiding in them to gain access to properties. Scary stuff for young mothers with young children whose husbands are deployed. State police at this time have minimal jurisdiction as the properties were owned by the army at the time. MPS just decided the women were paranoid because their hubbies were away. Another week goes by and my mother notices a man in her backyard. 
She's concerned, but my mother is as tough as guts. As time progresses, he's at the same shopping center watching her, walking down her street, just everywhere she seems to be. She reports every incident, but nothing is done. She gets home one day and something isn't right. You know when you hear people say they just had a gut feeling, she did. Gets inside to discover the place had been gone through, nothing taken. Calls the MPS, and as she is looking out the front window, sees that same man creep out of her garage. He was still there when she got home. I was with her at the time. I think that's what saved her that day. Again, nothing is done. She is brushed off as being paranoid. This is where my mum changes her demeanor. She pursed her lips and took a breath, tensing. Mum said some might call her crazy, but she's never had this experience before or since. She said she could almost hear him, hear his thoughts. She knew with every cell in her body, she was in danger. She said she could almost feel him nearby, looking at her, into her soul. She just knew he was there in her yard looking up at her, somehow knowing exactly where in the house she was at that very moment despite blockout curtains and the lights off. So mum calls police again. They don't even bother coming out. I should note, she wasn't the only one that reported a prowler. Mum packed me up the very next day, and we were on a bus interstate to stay with relatives until my father returned from deployment. She just knew in her gut she was going to be murdered and Paulos weren't taking anything seriously. So 93 my father returns from deployment, we return home. Mum of course had kept in contact with other wives and had heard some rumors swirling. We arrive home and my mother retells to me now of a card shoved under her door from detectives. It was an apology that her complaints weren't taken seriously, but she and the neighborhood are now safe. However, two women are dead. Joel Danoy, 29, and Jennifer Maley, 40. There was S. Assault that had taken place. Both women were shot with a 22 pistol and Jennifer's throat had also been cut. Later, a sage in a Brisbane park, 1-300 kilometers away, ended with the shooting of one Jason Michael Knights, 19. The pistol he had shot himself with was connected directly to the two murdered women leaving shattered families and community that has lost its country feel and trust and my mother, who has never been the same since. If you look hard enough, there is an article from the Sydney Morning Herald to verify, though you do need to subscribe to read it. It's hard to find any other detailed information as rumor has it. The killer was related to a higher up in the army. It was kept very hushed, in a way in which once when my mother tried to gain more information about it, she was told nothing of the sort ever took place. She asked I with my techno know-how, delve into the internet to find it. So that's my mother's story of her encounter with a deranged double murderer who stalked her, and an entire community for months, paying particular care to his prey and buying his time to strike. A weird incident occurred a few years ago that still unnerves me. I was home alone one night, relaxing in my bedroom and singing a frequent hobby of mine. Since it was summer, I had left the balcony door wide open to let in the fresh air. Suddenly, I heard noises outside, similar to someone walking in the garden. Initially uncertain if it was my cat or my parents returning, my confusion was dispelled when I turned towards the balcony door. There, I saw a pair of hands belonging to a man attempting to climb my balcony. Panicked, I yelled, Is there someone there? Causing the man to fall off and respond, Oh, sorry, it's just that my friends and I heard you singing and thought you were in danger, so I decided to check if everything was okay. Before he left. To this day, I'm unsure of the man's identity. 
Given that the house next to ours was used as vacation lodging, it's possible he and his friends were temporarily staying there, but I can't be certain. Even if his concern was genuine, climbing my balcony instead of simply knocking on the front door remains a baffling choice. A man following me while walking home from work at night. Hi there. Okay, so when I was 18, I got my first job working at Chick-fil-A. I never worked before that, but I actually enjoyed working at Chick-fil-A. I worked from 3 p.m. 10 p.m., sometimes 11 p.m. to help close the restaurant as a dishwasher. I worked there for two years, and I had a good time working there. So one night I got off at 11 p.m. I didn't have a car around that time of my life. I just took the city bus and enjoying my ride home. So I get off the bus and started walking home. As I got into my neighborhood, I saw a man wearing all black under the street lights, and he started following me as I made eye contact. I started running, and he did the same thing. I got home safely, though, but when I looked out the window, I saw him standing right in front of my house and just staring at my house. My mom called the police, and when they came, they couldn't find a guy. I had a really scary experience that kept getting scarier each time I thought about it. So many bad things could have happened to me. It felt like I narrowly escaped becoming a victim in one of those unsolved murder documentaries. I still have nightmares about that night, and after that incident, it definitely changed me. This happened shortly after I turned 20. At that time, I was in my second year of college. Everything was pretty normal during my time at the university. I made a few friends who were around the same age as me, and we decided to rent a house together. I wasn't the most popular or the least popular student in my class, and I didn't go to parties very often. So, this happened one night when my roommates asked me to join them at a party organized by a fraternity, but I decided not to go. They went without me, and I was okay with that as it felt nice to be alone at home. It was uncommon for me to be alone in such a big house. We didn't come from a poor background, and we had a big family with grandparents, cousins, and uncles constantly coming and going. Basically, I rarely had a moment where I was alone without any family member in the house with me. It was something I wasn't used to at all. Our house was an old Victorian-style one. We got it at a low price because it didn't look great from the outside. However, the inside was a different story, as most of the furniture was modern. I really liked the kitchen and my room in the house. I don't want to sound boastful, but I think I chose the best room out of all of us. Some of the wooden floorboards made creaking sounds, especially on the second floor landing. They would creak loudly when the girl in the room next to mine walked on them. She was the biggest among us, not in terms of being fat, but she was over six feet tall. She was taller than the rest of us in the house, and it made me a little intimidated. I felt like a small gazelle in the Serengeti caught in the unwavering gaze of a hungry lioness. She was friendly enough and had a feminine demeanor despite her height, but there was something about her eyes that made me uncomfortable. Whenever she smiled, it didn't seem genuine. Her eyes never lit up with warmth. They felt cold and distant to me, but maybe I was just being strange. Everyone else really liked her, and we all hung out together, so I started to get used to her. That night, she went to the party with everyone else. It seemed like the whole campus was going to be there, but I didn't go. It's not like I didn't have a good time, though. I cooked dinner, played some loud music, and studied for an upcoming test. Then I turned off the lights and went back upstairs to my room. 
I left the front door unlocked so that when they came back later that night, probably drunk, they wouldn't have trouble getting inside. It's happened before with a few of the other girls, and it's become a habit. In hindsight, that probably wasn't the best thing to do when you were alone at home, but we lived in a relatively safe neighborhood, so it wasn't something we'd ever had to worry about until then. It was late into the night. I was watching Instagram reels on my phone when I heard the floorboard creak louder. The house had been completely silent up until then, and the sound was extremely loud because of that. I assumed it was just the tall girl who came back early. So I wanted to check back on her and make sure she was drunk. I wanted to ask about the others if they had all come back. They would have been making a lot of noise, I thought. I opened the door and poked my head outside to say hello to my neighbor, but I found myself facing an empty corridor. There was no one there. Initially, I was hit by confusion. I was certain of what I'd heard. I shut my door and started to head back to my bed when, all of a sudden, I heard it again. It wasn't as loud this time, not as loud as the first time, but the second time it was more drawn out. I froze as my limbs locked in fear as it finally dawned on me that I probably wasn't home alone, and I didn't know who had entered the house. I waited. I could feel my breath increasing. I was expecting another sound, but none came. After a while, I started to calm down again. I almost laughed at my kind of paranoia. I was certain there was someone dangerous in the house who had entered without permission. I tried to calm down and was about to walk back to my bed to check Instagram when suddenly a loud noise broke the silence. It startled me, and I had to quickly cover my mouth to suppress a scream. Then I realized the sound was coming from my phone. It was my roommate calling. When I answered, I could hear loud music playing in the background, making it hard to understand what my roommate was saying, but I caught a few words. She wanted to know if the tall girl had returned home yet. She had left the party early and they just wanted to make sure she had returned home safely. I told them I didn't know, but I would check her room. I hung up and went back into the hallway. I called out her name, but there was no response. I walked over to her door and knocked on it. Then I tried to open it, but she had locked it from the outside. She wasn't home. Part of me had hoped she would be. Suddenly, I didn't feel comfortable being alone at home anymore. I mean, maybe I was just being overly worried. But it was hard to know for sure when I was the only one in the house. I stood there, telling myself it's okay, just don't panic. A few years ago, one of my uncles had a scary experience when he had a heart attack, but thankfully he survived. I took a few moments to calm myself down while still listening for any signs of movement in the house. I didn't want to be overly paranoid and start searching in every room, especially since most of the bedrooms were locked. Since it was a shared house, having people around was normal even if I didn't talk to all of them. I felt thirsty, so I headed downstairs to get a glass of water. As I was a few steps away from reaching the bottom, the light suddenly went out, followed by a loud crunching sound. Suddenly, I was blinded by the darkness. When the lights went out, I couldn't see where to step, and unfortunately, I placed my foot in the wrong spot. Then I lost my balance, and everything seemed to tumble. I hit the stairs hard, and sharp pain shot through my back, knees, and ankle so I couldn't hold back anymore, then screamed as loudly as I could while falling. My scream must have been heard from several blocks away. There was a thud that didn't sound like it was just from me falling down the stairs. It felt like there was someone else in the house with me, and they were coming up behind me. I screamed even louder and desperately reached for the phone, which happened to be lying face up. I grabbed it tightly and swung it wildly behind me, 
hoping to surprise the intruder with the hard edge of my smartphone. I caught nothing but air. Still, I could hear them moving about in the house. I tried to get up, but I think I must have sprained my right ankle because I felt a flare of agony when I tried to put weight on it again. I started... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Screaming out, hoping that our neighbors would hear me and come over to look, but no one came sadly. Also, it might scare away the person that broke in, or so I thought. I saw a shadow run behind the stairs, going into the kitchen from the back. I clicked the power button on my phone rapidly until the flashlight came on. That might have been the only thing that saved my life. The darkness was suddenly eroded, and I could see again. Then I got towards the door, never turning my back on the direction I needed to get out of the house at this point, as staying inside was just far too dangerous. I quickly pulled it open and threw myself outside. I could see movement in the night lights in our neighbor's house. I hoped that they had called the cops, but I still needed to get far away. I don't know if my screams were loud enough to wake these people up, as at this point, it was really late. I stumbled down the porch, my eyes roaming the darkness in search of any movement that might give me an early warning. Then suddenly, the lights came back on, but at this point, I had already made it to the driveway. The sense of relief I'd felt for getting out of the house fled over me quickly, as the intruder was still inside the house. I think they turned off the lights to catch me off guard, or maybe even kill me, but luckily, I had made it outside. Then suddenly, the doors flew open. I screamed but also another person screamed too, and then I saw who it was. What are you doing? I asked the tall girl. Have you been inside there this whole time? She raised her palms in complete confusion. I was asleep, and I had my headphones on. I stared at her, and she just stared back, but there was something different about her that night, as her eyes were still cold. Her expressions felt fake and rehearsed, even to me, as these were all the signs of a psychopath. Hey, is everything okay? A neighbor across the road called out to us, breaking our silence. We stared down at each other. He made his way over to us, looking concerned and worried. It was an elderly guy, maybe in his sixties to seventies. I heard the screaming, so I called the police, and they're already on their way. 
Something changed in the tall girl's face as she looked annoyed by what the man said. It was the first bit of genuine expression I'd ever seen on her, but it was gone again in an instant. I told our neighbor what had happened. He looked worried and insisted we head back to his place, where his wife was also waiting for us. I agreed to wait at his place, but the tall girl just refused, claiming that if someone did break in, they would have left the house by now. Later, I confided in my roommates that I believed the girl was trying to kill me, but she didn't believe me. No one believed me, but only my parents did. They had me move out of that house not long after the incident. Nowadays, I always make sure the door is locked on the rare occasion that I find myself at home alone. I never heard from that girl again. Every time I hear about a murder, I can't help imagining myself as one of the victims. Maybe it sounds like I'm being overly cautious, but there were some things that bothered me. Why did she keep turning off the lights? Why was she running around and walking so quickly? And why, out of all the times I called out to someone, didn't she respond to reassure me? Something about the whole incident didn't feel right to me. I know it might seem crazy to think she wanted to harm me or even kill me, but to me, it seemed like the theory that had the most evidence. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. It doesn't matter how much alcohol or substances someone has consumed, it shouldn't drastically change their behavior. I couldn't understand why she was acting so strangely in the house, almost like a ghost. Her door was locked, and she claimed she was in her room with her headphones on, but none of it made sense. Even now, when I look back, even though there are many theories that someone else may have broken in and left, I still believe it was her. My mom's creepy friend. My mom was really good friends with a family up the street. She would take us kids to go visit them with her all the time. Every time my two-year-old at the time sister saw a certain male of the family, she started screaming her head off. Yet, my mom still kept visiting them or letting them come over. Fast forward, four years later. The creepy man's wife passes away. She left their small daughter behind. Come to find out, the dad got arrested for molesting the daughter. I guess my sister just got a bad vibe from this man, and she was spot on. A few more years later, I'm 12 years old and home alone. Another one of these family members stops by my house, and since I know him, I let him in. He asks to see my room. He's about 20 years old, but me being young and naive at the time, I oblige. As soon as he's in my room, he grabs my face and tries to kiss me. I pulled away quickly and asked what he was doing. He said I had gotten so pretty. Luckily, we both heard the front door open and slam shut, so he rushed out. My mom realized something was up, though, and never let anyone from this family come around again. I was eight years old and home alone normal for my culture. I went to go use the restroom in the guest bathroom that usually no one uses because it was my grandmother's old bathroom when she lived with us. I washed my hands and left to probably continue playing video games downstairs. When my sister got home, she went upstairs and then came back down to get on to me for leaving the water running. I thought I left the sink running, but when I went to turn it off, the shower curtain was closed and the shower was on in full heat. She swears she just heard it and came down and I swear I didn't turn on the shower. Thirteen years later and I have no clue how it turned on, but my sister and I stayed downstairs until our dad came home from work and turned it off. so this happened a while ago. Not really home alone, but I was young and my dad was sick with cancer and asleep in the other room. 
I woke up at around 2 or 3 I believe. I went to the bathroom and keep in mind my bathroom was connected to my room and to the living room this was a small apartment. I'm doing my thing and I hear what sounds like a loud blood curdling scream of a child. I got so scared I felt my heart skip a beat. It sounded like it was right outside of my bathroom door in the living room. I finished doing my thing and I slowly crack open the door. No one. No signs of human life in the living room. This is where it gets even more weird. I walk out into the living room as the dumbass kid I was. I look to my left and at the end of the living room, we had a very small patio as we were on the second floor. I saw a faint figure standing on the other side of the glass door. I'm so stunned I can't move. He saw me make eye contact and hopped off as there was a fence under him because the apartment buildings were so close to each other. The next night around maybe nine, some family was over, and we saw police officers with flashlights roaming the area below. Turns out the guy I had seen the night before had broken into the neighbor's home through their back door and ransacked the whole place. I still have no idea what the childlike scream was, though. I was like 19 and still lived at home with my parents. They were going out of town for a few days and on the first morning after they had left, I was getting ready to leave for work. As I walked out to the carport, I saw our cat laying dead in front of our doorstep. She had been slit down her entire belly, very intentionally, in a straight line. I immediately broke into sobs and called my parents to let them know. My grandpa had to come over and help me bury her because I couldn't do it. To this day, we have no idea who did it or why. It seems like whoever did it knew that my parents were gone. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever experienced, and I still get emotional over losing her. When I was about six years old, I woke my dad up because I was scared in the middle of the night and just wanted him to check around the house. We were in his room and turned on the lights. The kitchen lights and rest of the house lights were either off or really dim. You could see the kitchen and its features, just not super clearly. As we go to exit his bedroom and survey the rest of the house, we stop at the doorway and notice something really strange. There's a cloud of smoke, like the type of smoke that comes off or a lit cigarette in room with no circulation, rather than a cloud of exhaled cig smoke. Well, this cloud didn't change in its shape or velocity. It moved from the kitchen to the living room seamlessly. The fun part is we had a sliding glass door separating the kitchen and living room. Thinking back on this, now I'm like WTF, and the smoke passed through like it wasn't even there. I don't recall what happened next because both my dad and I were shitting bricks when it moved through glass. Lots of weird shit happened in that house. Nothing ever scary really, but strange for sure. Edit. I just texted this to my dad to see if I got the story right, and yes I nailed it. He explained that on hot summer nights we'd close the kitchen sliding door because the living room had a window AC unit and wasn't strong enough to cool the whole house, while the kitchen side of the house was central AC. I'm 14 and this happened a couple days ago. Some background info is that my mom was with my sister at the store, my dad was working, and my brother was hiding in his room so I was basically home alone. Also, we have a landline phone which doesn't allow you to see who's calling, you just pick it up and figure out who it is then. Also, when I'm in situations where I'm nervous, I normally make dumb and stupid decisions. I was sitting on the couch on my cell phone when the landline rang. I picked it up and a man answered. 
Hello, how was your afternoon? I said good and the man started talking about a package being delivered. I thought this was strange because we never received calls about when a package was going to be delivered, but I continued to talk to him about it. He gave me a package number and his name. After he gave me his name he just stopped talking. I assumed he hung up on me so put down the phone. Immediately after I did, it rang again. I picked it up and the man answered again. Hello, how was your afternoon? I hung up. The phone rang again. Hello, how was your afternoon? Hung up again. A minute went by and it rang again. I don't know why I bothered, but I picked it up. He didn't say hello or anything. The package will be delivered in ten minutes. This time he hung up on me. I stared at the phone for a minute. I was really nervous and was just thinking, okay, I have to make sure this guy doesn't get in the house if he's actually coming. But instead of being smart and locking the front door first, I locked all the windows. I finished locking all of them on the main floor and thought, wait, I'm such an idiot, and went to lock the front door. The phone rang again. I picked it up and the man answered. There is going to be a package delivered to my parents' names at my address and someone is going to have to sign it. It was a landline phone though, so I tried to calm myself down with the excuse that you could probably find my address through the phone. Idiot me making stupid decisions said, Well, they aren't home right now, so that can't happen. He said, Well, you just have to be 18 or older and can sign it for them. My dumbass goes, I'm only 14, so that's not going to happen. Immediately after saying that, I realized that this guy now knew that I was some kid that was home alone, and he knew my address. I just hung up the phone and told brother we had to go to our grandma's house for a little bit my grandma lives right next door. Why? I just want to stay here. I was livid. Get your ass up. We are going to grandma's right now. He could tell I was pissed and got up. As we were leaving the phone rang again. My brother asked, should we get that? No, we're just going to grandma's for a little bit. But it could be mom. I didn't want to worry him so I picked up the phone. The package will be there in five minutes. I slammed the phone down and took my brother to our grandma's house immediately. When I was at my grandma's house, I looked up the package number he gave me. The first thing that came up was creepy spam caller. We never got any package and it's been two days, but the phone rang again this morning. It kind of freaked me out, but I figured it had been two days and he hadn't called since then, so I picked it up. Hello, how is you? I slammed the phone down. Was home alone in a fairly new house, but can't remember any details other than I started hearing a really loud repetitive boom sound coming from my daughter's room upstairs. I am telling you, there were zero explanations in my mind for what was causing this sound, and it was loud as f. Being home alone and scared out of my mind, I finally concluded that there was no other option but to go upstairs and face whatever it was that had me literally shaking. I get to my daughter's room and open the door, still scared shitless, and find that a Myler balloon I had gotten her a week prior was tangled in her fan, which was on high, and beating against the fan blades and ceiling repeatedly. I can't explain the relief at finding a logical explanation for the sound, but at the same time it took me hours to calm down and stop shaking. When I was a child of about 14, we were living in London with my family and sister who was two years younger. In those days, it was normal for me to babysit while my parents went down the pub. 
Anyway, it was a Friday or Saturday night, and I had gone to bed. Suddenly, my sister came into my room crying hysterically and said, There is a burglar downstairs. I immediately sat bolt upright, and I could hear someone downstairs opening and closing drawers and searching cupboards. It was a small house, so I knew exactly which drawers and cupboards they were opening. This went on for what felt like hours until eventually we heard the amazing relief of my parents opening the front door. We held our breath for the inevitable confrontation. We then run downstairs both crying. There was no one in the house. No drawers been opened. Nothing have been moved. This was decades ago, and I still think about it regularly. Edit, I just remembered something. When my parents came in the front door, I looked out of my bedroom window, which overlooked the kitchen door at the back of the house waiting for the person to run out. I was amazed at the door never opened. A few years ago, my mother was on her deathbed with a few hours until being transferred to hospice and life support removed. My sister, father, and I left the hospital to grab lunch and steal ourselves for what was about to happen. I guess we just assumed the process would take hours to play out, but I got a call from the facility that she was transferred earlier than expected and that mom was close to the end. I raced out the hotel door and started speeding down the road to the hospice facility. As I'm pulling into the parking lot and trying to hold it together, my ten-year-old daughter, who is at a summer camp four hours away, calls me with a scared voice, what's happening, what's wrong? I had no idea why she was asking or what to tell her, so I just said everything is fine and I'll call her later. I then walk from my car and a hospice worker meets me at the front door to say my mom has just passed a minute ago. My daughter somehow sensed it and or mom's spirit visited her on her way to the other side. Her granddaughter was the joy of her life in those final years. That experience changed my view on death, spirit, and energetic forces we don't understand. Around 20 years ago, my grandfather passed away. The day he died, my sister and I stayed with our grandmother to keep her company as it was her first night alone in over 50 years. She lived on the sixth floor of a retirement community and had a balcony. That night, a white dove landed on her patio and just sat there looking in through the sliding glass doors. My grandmother even tried to scare it off, but it would fly away for a second and then come right back to the patio looking into the apartment again. The dove sat on her patio for three days until one day we were looking through the last photos taken of my grandfather. When we found the last photo that was ever taken of him, it was a picture of him sitting on a bench at a local park. On the ground under the bench was a white dove. When we saw this, we went back to the patio to see if the dove was still there, and it was gone. It was quite the coincidence, but we didn't really put much into it at the time. About ten years later, my grandmother passed away. That night when we arrived home from the hospice house, there were two white doves sitting on my mother's patio. Once again, the doves stayed on her patio for three days until we started looking at the last photos taken of my grandmother. The last photo ever taken of her, she was out to eat, and sitting in the window behind here were two white doves. Coincidence? Maybe. But I think there is something far more beautiful and far less coincidental to it. The garage door opened. I was home alone for the night. None of the openers were home since I don't use the garage. I grabbed the gun on the shelf in the box that looks like a book and looked out the peephole into the garage. Both cats were inside and at the door, anticipating someone to come in. 
but there was no one. I moved the cats into a bathroom and opened the door and hit the button to close it, before going back in the house quickly. I did not see anyone. I locked both doors to ensure the overhead nor inside door could open. There is also a side door in the garage, but that is also locked and has a trash and recycling can blocking it. The door didn't open again that night, but the motor broke that week. A sprocket effectively exploded. Not me, but my mom's. It was 30 years ago when she went home after her grandmother's funeral. She was alone at that time because her family had been arranging her final resting place when suddenly with my mom's confused state of shock, she saw her wiping down the table at the dining room while she was taking a pee. Mind you that the structure of the house was somehow cramped so the lavatory is near the dining area. She sprinkled water on her face and rubbed her eyes to see if she was dreaming, but she looks like she has saw her again. The face smiled at her while she was wiping the table, wearing that floral dress she wore the day before she passed. As soon as she flushed, sprinted down the hall to see the resemblance of her, she was gone. Up until today, it's her strangest and unexplainable experience she had. I had a roommate who had to go out of town for an emergency. Her great-uncle had passed a couple of states over, so she took her cats and left for a bit. It was just me and my cat. I was on my computer playing Portal. My back was to my bed. I would occasionally look back and see my cat sleeping. I really don't like having my back facing an open area, but my room was tiny and I wasn't able to Tetris it any other way. The apartment was quiet, save for the low Portal firing noises coming from my computer. My cat was snoozing away on my nearby bed. It was dark out. I suddenly felt a very heavy hand fall on my shoulder, as if somebody had come in and was trying to get my attention. The hand felt gigantic and very, very heavy. I jumped up, startled and thinking my roommate had come home much earlier than scheduled. When I looked back, there was nothing there. My cat did freak out for a while, hissing, screaming and spitting at something. Even after turning all the lights on and identifying that no one but the two of us were in the apartment, she was still highly agitated, starting at something in the corner. It took her a really long time to calm down. You know when you think you see something oid of the corner of your eye, so you look but there's nothing there? Well, one time I looked and I couldn't believe my eyes, but there was something there staring back at me like a deer in headlights. It was a sunny afternoon or brightly lit, and I was stone sober. It was not human. I had no idea what it was, but it wasn't scary, it was frail and pathetic little hunched-over demon that seemed to be starving or emaciated. It looked tragic. Months later I saw an ancient Buddhist painting of what the monks call Hungry Ghost, and it was identical to the entity I saw. I am a very skeptical non-religious person, so it really tested my idea of reality and the universe.